you are listening to Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors, and it is our Oscar special. The fabulous Oscar special live from Hollywood, California, where beautiful people do horrible things. <laughs> I'm so glad that uh, old-timey Brian joined us again. Yes, I like to pop in every now and again when I'm not over at Johnny Carson's house burying hookers in his backyard. Isn't Johnny Carson dead? He's also buried in his backyard, <laughs> next to all the hookers that we wanted to bury him next to. In the afterlife, he has a harem of hookers. You're welcome, Johnny. And now, live from Burbank. <laughs> I, I just like to say these things. Sometimes I get possessed by the soul of uh, Ed McMahon. What can I say? <laughs> Are you doing okay? Nope. No? The, Os- nope. the Oscars happened. Aren't you happy? This is supposed to be Christmas time for you. There are so many things wrong with it. So many things. I know. I, I'd i like to say you're talking about uh, Gardens of the Galaxy not getting any awards. That's probably what you should be upset with. But I think our listeners need to know that actually you're upset for a different reason, aren't you, Brian? I, I'm upset because I was hampered in my choices. I did not get to make my Oscar picks. You didn't get to make I your Oscar picks? Them. Not until the last minute. I had to have Hail Mary them in because I was in Arizona, which is a lovely state, but a state with uh, minimal opportunity to research Oscars. The, uh, they don't so have internet I, I did Arizona? miss out a little bit. Not a lot. <laughs> no. They are short on water and, and internet in Arizona, largely. So I, uh, I was trying to load web pages frantically to find out what the hell the damn keeper even was. Uh, and then just wound up saying, well, it sounds awesome. Let's vote for it. So I did. So on our special today, we're going to have John Nellick. We unfortunately won't have Alex. He did have an emergency come up, but we have his picks. And so we do. we've we've totaled them up, and we'll, we'll talk more in detail about some of the winners and losers uh, once we bring John on here. But just to let our listeners know, John Nellick ended up getting eight correct. I believe there's 24, so... Did pretty good considering he has he has said himself he did not get to watch pretty much any of the award nominated movies. So I imagine the life of a uh, the life of a New York stage manager does not give you a lot of free time during movie showtimes. Exactly, theoretically. So I yeah, the fact that he's seen some cheers. Now the two movie buffs that I would say you and Alex tied Mm -hmm. with fourteen out of the twenty four possible. Awards, we did, and then and our listeners was, can tell where this is going. And then there was this guy, the Who's Chicago fan, who knocked it out of the park with sixteen out of twenty-four. This is true, you did, which means I win. Yes, which means I get to pick the next song that we cover as downstairs neighbors. Yep. And I, I put some thought into this, and I, I even told you before that I was thinking of possibly doing something Chicago-based, based off of your your vile hatred for the city I love. But mm. it occurred to me, there's something else that I love that you hate more than I think Chicago. That's going to, there are a lot of things that I hate <laughs> more than Chicago. Oh, I appreciate that. But I think our listeners would know this. It's it's not a secret. You you're not mm. the biggest fan of America's Darling, Miss Carrie Underwood. 
It's true. I and truly I, do hate her. I and I am a fan. So uh I I haven't decided which one yet, but I, I gotta tell you, I, I think that uh I can safely say we're gonna be covering a Carrie Underwood song, Brian. The the trick there is that you can't decide which one because they all suck so horribly. Um <laughs> the second part is that no matter which one we record, I'm just gonna whisper satanic messages in the background over all of it. So it's just how it's gonna be. Or you could rise above. You could rise nope. above and do a nope. great show. Nope. <laughs> if you pick Carrie Underwood, I will whisper, Satan is real and loves you. I got that kind of thing in the background. Totally. The whole way through. So feel free. Do it. But I will whisper <laughs> that over the track. That will happen. It'll be in there. Uh, I'm okay with that. Now, actually we speaking. Nev- we, never said, we never said we had to cover it properly or that we had to do an exact cover. We just said it was right. a cover. So right. my version of Satan Take the Wheel will be truly amazing. We're doing the same words. We're not doing a parody. Now, if you want to do something weird, no, no, it's, not, music, a, it's, not, a, it's not a parody. Satan Take it's the Wheel is not the original it's lyrics. The, to, it's just that I will whisper Satan. I know the name of Jesus every time. I will gotcha. say Jesus Take the Wheel. Interesting. Well, I don't, I don't. The trick is going to be I don't know any of her work really, so I'm just going to have to like guess as to what it actually sounds like. I like other that you than admit like that the belching her work. And I yet you I claim don't to hate her so much. I you I'm I I you know what I didn't watch Hitler kill six million Jews, but that doesn't mean I don't like it. <laughs> you didn't? No, I did not care for that work by by Hitler. He did not do well there. And I, also I, didn't, I wasn't I wasn't questioning that you liked it. I was questioning that you saw it. <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch that either. No, I didn't see that. I was mm. I was not there for that. Much like I was not there for any of Carrie Underwood's current career. Before we get on the Oscars, though, because that's what that's what we're here for today. Before we do that, I do want to let our listeners know. Speaking of music, Brian and I actually uh, we've been spending some studio time, and we've got uh, an album in the works. So uh, we'll keep you guys posted as that is available. But uh, yeah, we're actually gonna have a uh, an LP, as it were, music coming music. from your speakers. Yep. Sung and performed by me and Seth and yep. featuring no Carrie Underwood. So you <laughs> should love it. Yep. This yeah, th- this album is going to be all originals, just songs that uh we've written by us and we do we do also we're working on uh, a new fun thing as well called uh jam sessions where we we actually do nothing but covers. So as as that stuff gets through our our production team and uh and and ready to go out, we'll let you guys know. It will be truly stunning. It'll be something. <laughs> no, it'll be stunning. It'll, it'll blow stunning. you away. As long as it's not being belched forth from the the bowels of hell. <laughs> AKA Carrie Underwood's throat. <sighs> Did you know that her her anag- her name is literally an anagram for for like uh, Hail Satan? <laughs> That's not true. That's that's it Fox is. News style reporting, Brian. You have to, you have to, you know <laughs> what? Allegedly, allegedly, it is. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, let's get to the Oscars. What do you say? I say yes. Let's do it. Well, we promised you last time that we would have our award show correspondent John Nellick join us again, and here he is. Welcome, John. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Brian, are you going to say hi? Hello, John. How's New York out there today? 
it's really cold. <laughs> Freeze, frostbitingly cold. It's chilly here in Los Angeles with a high of 69. Yeah, oh, God, it's, it's, been, <laughs> it's been rainy and, and cold. And rainy and awful. I'm pretty sure old people are freezing to death. <laughs> in 65 degree weather. In 65 degree weather in their shorts. You can take a Lego Oscar and shove it. <laughs> <laughs> right up where the Oscar goes. That is that is a good point. I guess we we get a little bitchy even when it's uh it's s- kind of still springy summer weather everywhere else. As we already mentioned, John, you did a great effort on your picks. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded so sincere. <laughs> this is why I don't let him win anything ever. <laughs> good job. That's nuts. <laughs> Better like next uh, year. No, I, I actually, what I appreciated most about yours, though, is uh, you, you've been honest the whole time with us saying, I didn't get to see any of these movies this year. And you actually got a lot of them right for not seeing, like, anything this year, right? I Yeah, I saw, I, I actually did see Birdman last week. Um, okay. And I actually did watch Selma last week as well. Um, but that's the only one, I, the only ones I had time to get up on. Nice. But you saw Guardians of the Galaxy, right? That's the most important I mean, movie. of course. That that was a must. There you go. See the Brian, true the true understands. Oscar gold there, <laughs> <laughs> which it didn't even win the uh, the uh, visual effects and makeup and stuff that it was supposed to. But whatever, I'm I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter because you won. We had a tie for I second. Mean, that's true. Brian and Alex tied for second. If and only uh, I could have. How I just I have to ask how on earth because I know what what missed. I know what what gave you the win was the best short um documentary and best short uh or no you did best you got best live action short and best animated short right and i got both of them wrong because i had no idea did you somehow get to manage to watch the shorts like what wh- I how did you wind did up picking see, those i did see the animated short feast it played before big hero six. Oh, it did that's right i just didn't realize that that was that movie that's one with the pug or whatever right uh not a pug but yeah it was a cute puppy that Some eats all puppy. the food that is uh yeah. his, his male owner has and then the male owner gets a in a relationship and starts to neglect the dog or at least the dog thinks so and it was really cute it was it was it, it was, was your basic Pixar short so that's how I knew it was gonna win. Uh, well, God, if I'd known that it was about a puppy, I would have went with that one. Right, <laughs> nothing old white guys love more than puppies. They and it's like appeal across the board. Right, right. Well, and the other thing that I the other thing that helped me was uh, and we talked about this, Brian, was uh, the foreign film Ida. Mm. I I steered away from my Golden Globes strategy of, ooh, tangerines, I know that word, and I went (laughs) towards, oh, Ida. I actually knew a girl named Ida back in high school, so I'm going to go with that, and that won. I'm so glad that your picks were not based on artistic merit whatsoever because, as it seemed like this year, most of the Oscar picks were not based on artistic merit at all. And I won. That's the important (laughs) thing in the story, folks. I won, which... As I've said already in the show, and I'm going to say again probably numerous times until we actually get in the studio to record it, Brian and I will be covering a Carrie Underwood song now. So we all lose. (laughs) Well, you know what? Jesus approves. There you go. He can take the wheel wheel on our drive to the studio. He's welcome to it. (laughs) Jesus, the NFL, the country music scene, American Idol voters, and Verizon Wireless all approve. This choice. They're your next sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Let's jump right into the show, though, because we've kind of, we kind of, we know, we know how our picks went. I want to start with the host. Uh, what did you guys think of NPH? I liked him. I mean, 
I, I felt he, he he was what I expect, expected him to be. Um, but there was no, like, major moments where I was like, oh, that's, that's, at least with him, that were, like, awkward. Okay. He did avoid. He did avoid at all. He wasn't awkward at all. Um, he did his low key NPH thing, which is always funny and good. Um, yeah. Uh, I like that he was kind of cutting edge. Like his opening line was, "I was like, wow, we're right out the gates." Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, that was nice. So I thought that was a great little tip of the hat there. And then his opening number was fantastic. But I don't think NPH can do a bad opening number to anything. So it's true. One thing that I actually came away with after watching that. Because ordinarily the Oscars every year they give me, you know, they kind of, you know, I get that I get that weird little inspiration feeling of like, yeah, let's go make movies and yay movies. His opening number, even though it was about moving pictures mm. and called moving pictures, um, it actually it got me more excited about theater than anything else. It 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 felt like something from the Tonys, and I actually yeah. found myself going, man, I want to go do another play. Right? Yeah, me too. Well, when you get, you know, distinguished theatrical musical writers to write your opening number and you do a giant <laughs> musical opening number, that's kind of understandable with a, you know, musical person. And Very honestly, true. I'm I'm okay with Broadway getting more money than Hollywood because Broadway oh, yeah. takes more chances, as far as I can tell, on at least new material. So go Broadway. You can have the money and the love. Yeah, no, I, and that wasn't meant to be a dig at all. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I just, oh, yeah. it was it was interesting. It it, yeah. it it rang true more as theater. Totally. Um, I want to I want to bring up the creepiest moment of the night. Uh, uh John, Travolta. John Travolta. John Travolta. Oh, so awkward. That was like watching your parents have sex. Like it was just. <laughs> mm. It was like dirty old uncle. Yeah. Oh, and uh, for. <laughs> Bad hairpiece. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not just the bad hairpiece. Like, have you guys seen the Santa Claus Two, the Tim Allen movie, the sequel, the first sequel to it? Uh, probably drunkenly at Christmas. Yes. John, have you seen that one where they where he makes the toy version of him that goes crazy? I think so. Sounds familiar. That's what John Travolta looked like. He's had so much. At least he looks like he's had so much work done. His face looked like an oversized Ken doll head. He was working it. He's trying so hard to remain what he is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the wig threw me off because recently I saw a picture of him sans wig, and I was like, "Whoa, I, I didn't know." And then now I was like, "That's definitely a wig." And then he just kept touching everyone, like mm-hmm. everyone. Did you see the picture with him and Scarlett Johansson? Yes, that was. I was like, "Get your hands off of Scarlett Johansson, John Travolta." You unhand Scarjo. You touch Adele Dazeem if you must, but leave her alone. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of the face touching, uh, and this kind of goes back to MPH a little bit, uh, what'd you guys think of his magic trick bit? I felt like it fell flat with the audience, but I don't think with they the got. Yeah, I don't think they got that oh. it was a ma- actual, actual magic trick. Like, I mean, I I think my I didn't mind it. I felt like once you reach the end of a three and a half three-hour, 40-minute award show that at that point I really just want to know what the winners are and yeah, don't true. want another bit. Um, but he, he barreled through them quite quickly, and I think at that point in the evening a lot of those people just were not not interested in it. Yeah, they're like, let me go do my cocaine at the Vanity Fair party. I want out of here. Yeah. That right. is a good point. And you know what? That's spoken like a stage manager right there. That's John going, dude, 
People have been sitting in a theater for over three hours. They don't care what you're saying. It is not going to work. <laughs> wrap it up. Wrap it up. You're losing. Yeah. You've lost attention. <laughs> yep. Move along. Yeah. No. Um. Interesting thing I wanted to talk about as well. Uh. This was the lowest rated Oscar TV. They they had they ran the numbers yesterday. Lowest Oscar viewing since 2008. It's actually a huge low. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think it comes down to. On that, for me, it's like, I'm always surprised. I mean, again, I love the Oscars. I'm, I'm a huge fan. But every year, I am always shocked that people actually watch it because it is honestly just a room full of very pretty people giving themselves awards. That's it. That's all it is. I mean, I mean, right. they, they, they dress it up and they bring out performers and they've tried to make it a television event. But it's it's at its heart, it is, it is that awards ceremony that you used to go to in middle school where they gave awards to everybody. Only they just don't give awards to everybody now. But... It's that, but dressed up for for three hours. Well, I mean, they don't get they don't give Oscars to everybody, but they everybody certainly walks away with a nice little you know swag bag. Yeah, there was like right. what a hundred thirty thousand dollars something. There's a ridiculous amount yeah. of stuff that's in it, so it's everybody comes away with at least something. Everybody well, does even, get an award. You're right. And he, even the nominees, <laughs> you know, they they get they carry that moniker with them of you know Academy Award nominee. So they can so, on the know. on the trailers for movies now they can say Academy Award winner Eddie Redmayne stars in Jupiter, Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter Ascending two. Jupiter <laughs> Ascending two, yeah. Thanks, this Academy. Time, it ascends higher, <laughs> or she ascends higher. Ascending more, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I just I was surprised that the numbers were so low, particularly since NPH is so popular. I kind of wondered if it maybe he didn't put um, the older generation off, maybe. Because they actually, love Billy Crystal. They're like, woo, Billy Crystal's on. Well, what I'm thinking it was was a couple things, and you're going to laugh at at least one of them. Uh, first and foremost, the WWE had a pay-per-view going at the same time. Uh-huh. I'm just going to say. Sure. So It really siphoned a lot of viewers. It did. But no, actually, I'm wondering if, on a more serious note, I'm wondering if it actually isn't some of the boycott the Oscars because of you know, Oscar's so white hashtag and all that stuff. Possibly. Could I think it's a possibility. Also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't watch the show, but was there not a new episode of Walking Dead on last night as well? Or that yes. night? I was yes, just about was. to say, when I went on Reddit, a lot of people were talking about, like, did you watch the Oscars? And, like, 90% of the comments were, no, I was watching zombies eat people. I was like, oh. <laughs> well, so they, you So go. you did watch the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. zombies eating people. Yeah, that sounds like Oscar. <laughs> Clint Eastwood well, certainly looked like he was going to eat somebody. Just saying. The the, uh, the other thing that might have taken away from it uh, in certain regions was I know I'm surprised actually that you watched it, Brian. This is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Is uh, the Portland Trailblazers were playing at the same time too? They were and losing terribly, so I didn't watch it. They they well they they didn't lose terribly. They lost at the end. They lost a they had a big lead, then they lost it, and they lost the game. The tragic. reason I know that is because the Oscar party I was at was also a, pe- a group of people that love the Portland Trailblazers. So I actually missed a good chunk of the Oscars because I, I had to watch the Trailblazers lose. Well, I'm sorry you had to. I'm sorry you had to watch them lose. That was yeah. unfortunate. I don't think that was a, a problem for East Coast people. <laughs> not that, not a big problem true. there. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were playing the Memphis Grizzlies, so I mean, you know, it was two sects of the world. It was it was the West Coast, and then also down in the southeastern area. Sure, mid, Tennessee's mid-south. in the southeast. They're yeah. Borderlands there. Um, 
what was the other thing I was going to mention? Oh, so got to talk about this. So what the heck? Everybody, everybody is so outraged by the Oscars. Is that just a thing now? Because Patricia Arquette is catching flack. Like I would not believe from like feminists. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I, what, what exactly is the flack she's catching? Because I saw a headline about something about her response to, I, I guess it was her, her, her post speech comments. Yeah. She gave a, a, she elaborated more on her speech afterwards. Um, and, and she started talking about, and it, I, I personally believe it was well-intentioned. I think it was just poorly worded. Um, where she basically was sort of, I have, I didn't see it. I read it. So I don't know the tone of which, you know, how she delivered it, mm. but that she, you know, was talking about, you know, women's equality and, and basically sort of like a call to arms to, um, people of color and gays to, to help out the women for equality. Um, and it, it kind of, the wording kind of implied that, that, that is where everybody should be focused um, but I think her intention was that it should also be focused on that as well as all these other causes and that we should not forget about, you know, oh. so, so the she, equality so she was, for women as well as equality for all these other groups. So, so it was more like she was trying to do a, like a, a unity call, but it, it rang out more as saying women's rights are Trump everything else. More or less. Yeah. More or less. That's what they accused her of. And I, I, I saw both. And yeah, the way she worded it did come off a little bit like, but, but again, I just, I hit a point with, with a lot of this where I'm like, so there was that, uh, which I thought, okay, guys, you're just being way too sensitive. No, Patricia Arquette does not think that women's rights are greater than anyone else's rights. Like she, she just wants equal rights for women. She's pretty much stated that. But then also, uh, there was a piece in the guardian, which is probably one of the crappiest, uh, UK magazines, but nonetheless, as a huge readership, they accused uh, NPH of being racist throughout most of the show um, okay. uh, because he didn't he mispronounced Shoetel Ejiofor's name. Therefore, he was being racist uh, and then basically labeled the rest of it class warfare. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like what? Like, I mean, I'm I consider myself fairly liberal, but when somebody goes out there and takes offense at at NPH mispronouncing Chiwetel Ejiofor's name for a bit, I'm like that. That's just too sensitive. We've gotten too sensitive. Or if or if somebody goes after Patricia Arquette for her comments because she made it seem like women's because through some word choices, which again, if you watch the thing, it really doesn't come off that she's saying that she thinks women's rights are more. Uh, mm. It's just that's too sensitive to me. I'm like we've we've hit a point where everything is volume 11 racism and is all and it's it's like i think need things need to be fixed sure racism still exists in america women need equal rights all of these things are true but if you if everything is always being screamed about then when somebody finally starts talking about it there's no volume left to be heard so i was just a little annoyed by that it was it was it's frustrating <laughs> i yeah. didn't know that too yeah, just the reaction. And it seems like every year after the Oscars, there has to be something now. Like last year, I don't even remember what it was, but I remember there was some brouhaha over. By the way, I used the word brouhaha. I'm just going to throw that out there. I just that uh, added you, into you my... You earned a point for it. Uh, I just I just don't understand why everyone's like... Any any big event now, like after the Super Bowl, everyone's like, oh, there's a... I don't know. I think it's just social media, but uh, it makes it seem like everybody's always hyper-offended by everything. And I'm like, no, no, we're not hyper-offended. We just want to make the world a better place. True. Well, and I think with uh, 
with social media, I think it's a lot easier to be hyper judgmental mm. and critical. Yep. Without really having to back up your your judgment or your critique. Yeah, that's true. So well, I, and that's something that that Brian, you actually talked about. I think it was. Uh, was it, it was after the Ferguson thing, or it was for the Ferguson? Uh, back around the time when when we were talking about more serious things than you know the Oscars. You you kind of nothing is more serious than the Oscars. Okay, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure, fine. African American rights are more serious on, than the Oscars. You commented on the fact though that with Facebook in particular, um, people keep posting all these like these these rage articles and stuff, and and it just seems like we've got a society now where people they want to grab something that they can go and rage about intently for a day or two and then forget about. Yeah, no, it, weirdly enough, one of the uh, commenters on the Guardian article that I saw was like, congratulations, you all played into their hands by clicking on this link and giving them page views because that's exactly what they wanted to do by by calling NPH racist. They knew they would get a ton of people to come to their page and they could at- charge a lot for ads. And I was like, dang it, you win again, society. Damn it. So. I was actually waiting based off of, uh, as I was watching the Oscars, this was something I saw that I was like, oh, I can't wait to see how Fox News t- discusses this. When, I forget, uh, NPH, wow, I blanked on NPH. I can't even remember letters no more, guys. Letters, <laughs> letters is hard. But when when NPH did his his This guy bit, beat me at the Oscars. God damn. <laughs> can't remember letters. But he still beat me at Oscar picks. I Words is hard and letters, they's confusing. But no, when MPH did his Birdman bit, where his, his robe gets stuck in the door and he oh, walks yeah, yeah. out in his whitey tighties. I love that was, bit. That was oh, great. it was fantastic. But as he was standing on stage, like once he, like the whole the whole walking thing and everything, and then once he, when he came out on stage, I there was it was such a great screen cap image there that I just knew Fox News is going to just take that image of him standing on the Oscar stage in his whitey tighties and go, openly gay, Neil Patrick Harris desecrates the sanctity of the uh, the Academy Awards. Because <laughs> wow. you know that they're sitting the there waiting. The gay agenda in its full glory. Right? <laughs> Damn this you, is, gay mafia. Damn this you. is what the gay mafia has been doing the whole time. Yeah, How that I was... Met Your Mother was all a big setup. That was actually one of the th- one of the complaints I read. Again, this is the thing I was talking about, like, like complaints. And thank you for I rem- this reminded me. Somebody said that uh, there was a liberal blog that said NPH wasn't gay enough, that he played oh it too God. straight. And I was like, what? <laughs> what is what is gay enough? Like, what is the <laughs> what does that mean? Right. I did not know. I feel like they, their list was that he didn't flouncing around. Did he like was did it should be wearing feathers or like you know limp wristed? I what is <laughs> right? I didn't understand at NPH all. Never. MPH never, you know, to 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 use the term, he never gaze it up. He never, never has. Yeah. Unless it's for a bit. Right. Exactly. Right. I so mean the the Oscar or not the Oscar, the Tony song, uh, Broadway's not just for gays anymore. Was that that literally could have been a musical by itself, and I would have watched the shit out of that. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, no, and I so I was watching. I was actually I found a, a feed of the Oscars, and I was kind of clicking back through it to be like, okay, does he seem like he's like trying to hide the fact that he's gay and at no point ever did that come across but that is literally like it was multiple bloggers said that um nph had no, wasn't gay enough and i was just like well, yeah i was like what does gay enough mean what is that like like it's almost like we've come full circle and we're back to the point where we're like now 
now now if you're not gay enough you're gonna get shunted to the sides like before it was if you're gay right and why is that relevant to to the academy awards of him hosting like he's not there as a as a political statement he's there to host a ridiculous yeah. award show yeah he was there to host it wasn't he wasn't there to be gay it was a gay person hosting yeah it made no sense but that's like that was the kind of thing i was talking about the other one that um i just remembered when we were talking about this is uh the sean penn comment uh when he made the comment about the green card and even the director afterward in afterward i mean sure okay maybe that's approaching a line but uh, even the direct the guy he made the joke about was like that was funny i really enjoyed that and liked it and Sean Penn was in a in a in a in a Rito movie. He was in a movie called Twenty One Grams that the guy directed. So I'm pretty sure he's not racist and did not mean it as a racist comment. Right, and I I believe I, I read in a couple of places that they're also like in talks to work on another project together. So they clearly have an ongo- like a, a working relationship. Yeah, they're very close. So yeah, but it's tough when you don't know you know the backgrounds and you just take things for face value and don't ask more, which a lot of people are too lazy to do and just assume that it is what it is. I think you may have just hit on the theme of society just yep. now. Like, everything I've been trying to get at in the last 10 minutes, you pretty much just summed up. Thank you. <laughs> Damn it. We're not going to be able to have John on the show anymore or else it's going to be like the final five minutes because <laughs> he can condense what we talk about for an hour and a half down to about a five minute. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'll, I'll check it out. But what will people what will people listen to while on their commute or doing their dishes? What, what will happen? <laughs> but yeah, I was I was just very surprised by how many people made comments like NPH isn't gay enough. Plus, he's racist apparently, um, and uh, so Sean Penn. And yeah, I was just like, what? It's like they're manufacturing things to be outraged about sometimes. Well, so. and I would be willing to bet that the same people that are saying NPH wasn't gay enough, they're the same keyboard warriors that would be they were probably sitting there watching the Oscars ready to pounce if he was flamboyant if he did anything remotely to quote unquote gay it up I guarantee those same bloggers would pounce and go oh my god he was so over the top he just was doing it for attention that's where you get the Fox News people running in to be like gay mafia destroys America (laughs) exactly With their with Neil Patrick Harris and his underwear is bringing us all down. Yeah. I, I, uh, anyway, it was odd, but uh, by and large, I I did enjoy the the whole Oscar thing. I thought it was I thought it was awesome. I was I particularly NPH. I I hope he comes back next year. Uh, somebody mentioned that they were um, online. Somebody was like, we should start a petition for Jack Black to host next year. And based on the bit between him and NPH, I'd be okay with that. He did pretty well with his little. Uh, I, I enjoyed yeah. that little cameo he had at the beginning there. Oh my God! Can Anna Kendrick and NPH have like a show or a movie or just be in something together? I don't care. They were amazing. I was just gonna say my favorite part of the whole damn show was Anna Kendrick. Yeah, she was great. And uh, when she threw a shoe at Jack Black, I was just like, I'm I'm in board, and I just want NPH and Anna Kendrick to have just a show called them doing musical numbers and then bantering. They're like they're like I don't know, Sunny and Cher or something, but for our generation. And hey, musical. you know what? It, it's been said on the show. It might. It probably will happen because remember, NPH is getting a variety show. Oh, is oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. So there's 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 a very good likelihood that he'll work with Anna Kendrick now that we've talked about it on the show. Make it happen. Just because we've talked about it on the show. Yep. Yes. Do you do you want me to put my stamp of approval on? Do I? Yes, do it. Right? You might as well. All right. So yeah, I think you're right. NPH, Anna Kendrick, you guys, you need to get together. Do do song and dance numbers and and some some funny witty banter. 
you know what? Hey, NPH, you've got a variety show coming up. That'd be a great place to do it. Take my money. Take it now. You'll get Brian's money for the free broadcast television show. An assortment of change that you would not believe. (laughs) (laughs) And expired Metro cards. And expired Metro cards, exactly. It's thrilling. How do we feel about Michael Keaton not winning? Boo. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, mean, I think it was well-deserved for him. Um, I like Eddie. I think he's a really, very talented guy. Um, but I really think Michael should have gotten it. My, my thought with Eddie Redmayne was clearly he's a fantastic actor. If he can play Stephen Hawking that well and also do what he did in Jupiter Ascending. You mean suck horribly? Yes. Clearly he's he's so good, he can suck convincingly, and he can be really talented and amazing. So I guess he deserved it, but I The range I was, is there. The he's got range. I was I was very upset though. I wanted Michael Keaton. I think everybody except for the voters wanted Michael Keaton to get it. Michael Keaton's like a lifetime of really great roles. The man is an icon. Beetlejuice, mm. the first Batman. I mean, yeah, those are just two. I'm naming off my head. Multiplicity. Multiplicity. Like all these great. I'm just naming his commercially successful ones. I'm not even going into like all the other stuff he does that's really amazing. And the fact that in Birdman, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought this is it. This is the moment they're going to finally award him that. But you know, back in 2000, I want to say seven or eight, they ignored Peter O'Toole. Uh, who's an acting legend and never won an Oscar. Uh, so I guess I shouldn't have been surprised that they're like, well, Michael Keaton's not 74 yet, so let's not give him the award. So I, I didn't understand the Eddie Redmayne thing. I haven't seen Theory of Everything. Maybe he's really good in it. I don't know. But I also have this chip on my shoulder about how, for some reason, the Oscars seem to be like, oh, you played a person that exists. Awards for you. Oh, you created a character from the ground up. Nothing for you. Yeah. Maybe it's because they've they've lost vision. They're not able to if they don't have a if they don't have an existing thing to compare it to and go, Oh, that was pretty good. That was pretty accurate, then they, they don't have the the ability to sit there and go, Oh, that was a that was a good original person you just made there. Every year Variety does this great thing where they go around and interview Oscar voters. Uh, like anonymously, they'll go and interview. Just they're like, these are the people that are actually voting for the Oscars. And every year, it almost makes me not want to watch the Oscars because it's like, you're like, it's it'll be like some like, because I mean, everybody, if you're a part of the Academy, there's literally they they said they interviewed a lady that was a marketing director for the Academy Awards, and her interview was just cringingly bad. She's like, I don't know, I didn't get to see Whiplash, but it's about jazz music, which is boring, so I probably won't vote for it. And I was like, oh my god, please. <laughs> Why are you allowed to vote? Oh my God! So whoever has the best management company. <laughs> yeah, and it is. It's a. I mean, we've said it on our pre-Oscar cast, and I'll say it again. It's a political game. It's about well, who can get their marketing done at the right time, whose movie can get pushed at the right time. All these. Even things. even NPH said it. it I, I don't remember if it was his go away comments or what, but he actually talked about. Maybe it was the opening. It was it was in the opening number. Uh, he talked about. The 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 war the war has been fought and he actually mentioned publicists and marketing mm. and stuff and it's like it's no secret oh yeah no it's out there right but uh oh man what was the other thing I was gonna there was something else I was outraged about and wanted to dispute eh, obviously Gar- I don't remember it, Guardians so of the Galaxy me too <laughs> sure yeah it's Guardians right of the Galaxy you. man how dare Interstellar win right 
Space, man. I guess you just needed to be in space. I still. They were. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy was in space. They were in comic book space. That's different. Oh my you know God. what confused those voters? It was that that talking raccoon. They're like, I don't, I don't even know what to do with this. This is confusing. You know what? If they that talks, that walks on two legs, this I don't understand. You put Guardians of the Galaxy in the animated feature, they'd have won. I actually oh, was just thinking down. they should have made it animated. Talking anim- talking animals always win. So except for this year where it was talking robots. Right. True. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, it's it uh the which one were we talking? Oh, the Eddie Redmayne thing. I was I was a bit surprised by that. And I was a bit surprised by Big Hero Six, as long as we're talking about the animated thing. I thought Dragons Two was for sure locked. Uh I- yeah. I did see Big Hero Six, and I will I will defend it and say that it was a good movie. And actually, it was. I picked How to Train Your Dragon two, based because I was going off my brain. But if I had gone with my heart, I would have gone Big Hero Six because it actually it was a good movie. It, in my opinion, it did deserve an Oscar. If we're talking about like original animation, uh, Princess Kaguya and uh, Song of the Sea both blew everything else out of the water. But because they're smaller independent films, I think this is where I get to bitch about indie films. Uh, they they didn't win. They didn't win because they were too small, and uh, that's unfortunate because they looked amazing. Uh, Big Hero Six did look good though. I I'm not I'm not like enraged. I don't feel like you know, it's not like you know Eddie Redmayne won Best Actor or something. You know, and I have to be pissed about it. But you know, <laughs> yeah. I still I still think the biggest mistake for me, and I know how you feel about it, Brian. No, good. but. Guardians of the Galaxy not winning makeup at least, or at least what they lost to, if they had mm. lost to some other movie that did great prosthetics and great creature work, mm. I get it. But yeah, they made a middle-aged woman look older. Ooh. No, usually <laughs> middle-aged women in Hollywood wind up looking younger. That was why they did it. <laughs> okay, like, you're oh right. God, actually, never mind. It wins. The brave <laughs> Tilda Swinton's bravery and looking really old is must be <laughs> awarded. So that was why they did it. I, no, I'm with you. I, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy did have some pretty amazing makeup. There were a couple of them there. I don't remember all the nominees, but I was a little shocked Grand Budapest won that. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of the technical stuff went to Grand Budapest because the voters were like, well, we'll give them all the technical stuff, but we won't give them Best Picture. We'll give that to Birdman. So. Mm. Maybe that was how what why that got that, but yeah, I, I I kind of sort of half-heartedly agree with you. That's never happened before. It's pretty rare. It's required so you can play it back, you know, before you go to sleep every night. <laughs> <laughs> Just on a loop, Brian saying, I kind of sort of half-heartedly agree with you. Peace in the Middle East is possible <laughs> if we can, if I can sort of kind of half-heartedly agree with you. Totally. <laughs> I almost said we can overcome, but I feel like that would be in poor taste given how racist, you know, we are for liking the Oscars. The racist NPHs, apparently. Yeah. yeah. No, um, least shocking win of the night, Selma. That, to me, was, I was like, that is the most pre, pre-thought, pre like, I was like, that one's gonna win best song. And it deserved you, by the way. I thought their performance was great. Love the performances. Yeah, they, was, they were fantastic. And so was um, Tegan and Sarah in Lonely Island. So yeah. awesome. I was surprised that the Glenn Campbell song did not get an because I mean it was the only song that jumped on the mental illness bandwagon. It was about a dude with Alzheimer's, and now he's not gonna he's not gonna remember anybody in his life. 
If that's not an Academy Award winning song, I don't know what it is. It's an Academy. It's Academy Award worthy for sure. But uh, apparently, but Selma's song was really good, and yeah. uh, and I think the Academy felt a little guilty, and we're like, oh yeah, we got to give them that at least. So yeah. Um, but uh, you know what? I weirdly enough, and this is this is my little pet theory about Selma. I think that Oprah Winfrey's presence drives people away, and not because she's black, but because she is so. It's like Oprah. if Bill Gates made a movie that got an Oscar nomination, people wouldn't vote for it just because Bill Gates is involved in it. I Which will bet you because the same thing happened with um, what was the one last year about Forrest Whitaker was like the butler for the president. Yeah, yeah, uh, he was called the, the butler. butler. Yeah, the butler. So, oh, that was it. That butler guy. You know, he <laughs> served the president. And, yeah, that one, but that also, and and then uh, Precious also. Every movie she's attached to, I notice, gets nominated but never wins. And I think it's honestly because people have this like, oh, well, she's rich. She doesn't need Oscars. No Oscars for her. I think, it, I mean, I agree. I also think it's it's a double-edged sword because if her name wasn't attached to it, they probably wouldn't have got the notice that they got. That's true. That's true. Because I think they're all great movies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering. But I think she does more so overshadow and and it, it's tough because you know when you're oprah <laughs> yeah what do you do that's that's it, the, that says so much <laughs> yeah i'm wondering if it's almost kind of the same sort of thing as like tyler perry at this point has done to his own career because he i've seen his work he's actually he can be talented but there's been so much tyler perry presents a steaming plate of crap that when you see Tyler Perry now, at least in my mind, I'm just like, no, I'm turned off to it. I, I'm not going to give it a chance. And I wonder if it's a similar kind of thing. It's like, not that Oprah represents steaming piles of crap, but she's just so associated with like daytime talk shows or right. her well, media she's empire. So, she's so there, you know, she's, yeah. she's just so it's, I don't want to, I don't want to liken it to like, Al Sharpton because it's a super negative thing but it almost to me feels like Oprah Oprah backs movies for more of pushing the pushing pushing them for more more than just a good movie she wants the 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 there's more meaning behind it and I feel like that it's starting to get watered down it's like oh here's another here's here's a movie about racial tension in America oh Oprah's pushing it which is, I think, a shame that, uh, I mean, maybe that's because there's an absence of it in Hollywood because the old white guys in Hollywood will only back movies where white dudes are saving black people. That could be part of it. And yeah. maybe Oprah's the only one doing it. And it's unfortunate. I think I think largely it comes down to, we were talking just a little bit earlier about um, the Oscar voters. It's about your image and your pol- not, not the politics of Oscars where it's it's about your image and your PR people. And I think like Oprah is like the LeBron James of media power. She just has so much of it that people are like, well, no, we're not going to vote for her because she's, she's just got so much, you know, she doesn't need more. That's true. literally what I think it comes to. But, but yeah, I do notice that she, she does seem to be the only one making movies for African-Americans about African-Americans helping themselves like Selma. Um, you so know, like, I Sel- mean, having her name on it, the, the negative impact of it overshadowing the actual content and, and, you know the the movie itself. It, I think, for for many people, um, I think there's also an argument to be made that having her name above the title, having Tyler Perry's name above the title of all his movies, is a positive and needed representation of for African Americans of seeing this is someone who's 
African-American who's, who's gotten to this place, and this is a positive representation, which is needed more in Hollywood. But at the same time, it does have that sort of negative impact on the movie itself. Yeah, I feel almost like like you're right. Like a like it's it's amazing, but it, I I just wish it were more, like, like I I um I wish it were more accepted by Hollywood. I guess it's almost it almost feels like Tyler Perry is outside of Hollywood and Oprah is outside of Hollywood. Like they're like oh you did a nice job, but it's almost like they're independent. Which I mean, it's probably how they like it. I guess because they get to do whatever they want. But I I, I think it just systematically talks to how I don't want to call Hollywood racist, but. Let's just do it. Let's call them. They're they're kind of racist. You're kind of racist, Hollywood. <laughs> well, and there's also you know Hollywood is a game and it's a very old game. Mm. And and they're trying to change it with their movies, understandably so. I mean, many people are, um, but it's it's tough when you're trying to change the way the game's played. This is true. Uh, last night I actually got a chance to watch uh, a movie that I was kind of surprised didn't get any Oscar or Golden Globe love. Uh, Dear White People. It was this mm. uh, movie that came out a little bit ago great movie like a really deep intellectually like they like they they play off uh pretty much all types like of of racism they talk about how um uh the main character is a well it's an ensemble piece but sort of the main character is this african-american girl who's trying to push uh um you know african-american rights on campus but she winds up pushing so hard that she winds up alienating everybody around her and then on the other side you've got these absolutely idiotic white frat boys who decide to throw a black kids party where everyone comes in blackface and then just the racial tensions that erupt because of that so obviously that sounds it sounds like it should be a drama but could not, it, they managed to treat it with a really good um uh the tone of it's really good and that it stays very funny while talking about some very serious stuff but i i really enjoyed it i haven't seen selma yet and i want to but for me, racial tensions in America could not have been more summed up that perfectly than by Dear White People, which was a great That's film. That's what I keep hearing. I, the, everyone that I know that has seen that movie says the same thing. Yeah. It's definitely on my to-watch list when I have time to watch. And I think that's probably why it didn't get an Oscar nom, is because it sounds like it did stay more in the vein of comedy, and the Oscars don't like movies that bring people joy of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> they did they did call they did call Birdman a comedy and while it was very funny I that wasn't where my mind first jumped to. It wasn't a, I didn't view it as a comedy at all. Yeah. yeah. I I mean I really liked it and it was actually very it had a lot of satire and a lot of funny things to say about Hollywood and and theater as well. Um but uh, funny? Man, it wasn't a knee slapper. I wasn't like, oh, oh man. Yeah, that was this, not a comedy. <laughs> you know who needs to be in one of these? Adam Sandler. He would just be great. <laughs> in not that I equate him. Not that I equate him with comedy at all anymore. But still, they could know. put they could put uh, Rob Schneider in it, and he could be the Birdman. <laughs> missing the the in front of it. Actually, that brings up an interesting point. Um, a lot of people said that Birdman got the vote over any other film. Uh, because Hollywood loves movies about itself. And uh, that was a movie about, you know, Hollywood, sort of. It was a movie very much about Hollywood, and people, a lot of a lot of the slings and arrows thrown at Birdman for winning over Boyhood or Grand Budapest or any one of the other ones were that, oh, they just wanted to vote for themselves. So I was just interested to see what you guys thought of that theory, because I, I don't say that definitely it's not true. I mean, Birdman's still a really good movie, about Hollywood, but does Hollywood tend to be like, oh, let's award ourselves some more things because this is about me? I don't know that it was so much because it's about Hollywood, like because it's actually more about Broadway 
than Hollywood, in my opinion. But also, I I really think what clinched it, both for the uh, directing award, cinematography award, really the cinematography. But very good. Yes, there were good performances. They had a. It was an all star cast, and it was kind of it kind of came out of nowhere. And you're like, wow, you got a really good cast of actors in this movie. But I almost think that it was partially just the. Um, this is gonna, it's a negative connotation. This word, but the gimmick of one fluid shot just set it apart from any other movie just because it was such, it felt, it viscerally felt different because of the way it was shot that mm-hmm. I think just, that's more of why it was instantly considered. Yep. It was, it was its own kind of thing that hasn't been done before. Mm. Johnny. It very much had the artistic edge on top of it being about, you know, somebody struggling about, being an artist and, and staying relevant. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely had those elements, uh, but I, I do think sometimes, uh, I, I think it had a little bit of an advantage because uh, uh, actors will tend to be well. You identify more with movies you know. Like if it's a, if they if the if they did a movie about being um, really hairy and kind of overweight in Los Angeles, <laughs> I would be like, oh my god, that movie needs an Oscar. <laughs> But they didn't. They made a movie about an actor struggling to feel legitimate between theater and film. And I think a lot of actors in Hollywood who the largest, I think the largest amount of people that vote for the Oscars are actors. Mm. So I I have to give it a little bit of an edge. But no, you guys are both right that it definitely was artistically deserved to win. It was beautiful. I I have no beef with the movie winning. It was just a theory a lot of people were putting online. And I was like, I don't think it's without merit, but I don't think it's the only reason it won. But sure, it had a slight advantage maybe. You know, One of the only complaints I heard about it and I'm only mentioning it because it's it's the level of importance of the sort of thing I bring to the show. <laughs> the name of the movie is Birdman, and then it has or parentheses. The what what it, what's the what's the phrasing, Brian? Oh my God, it's so long. <laughs> uh, the unexpected virtue of ignorance. Right. The only complaint I heard about Birdman actually was somebody that was bothered because the parentheses come after the word or Uh and they felt like they needed to include the word or in the parentheses for it to be grammatically correct which I think is they were worried about grammar that was their issue with the movie yeah they well I think they hadn't (laughs) seen it I don't think they saw any of the Oscar movies like they did they did worse than you John you at least saw some they didn't they just wanted to bitch about the grammar the grammar. <laughs> it wouldn't be an award show podcast if we didn't touch on the. Uh, I almost said the costumes. If we didn't touch on the <laughs> the the you know, the, the it, it, it is it is it's it's live <laughs> real costumes. Um, if we didn't touch on you know the the who wore what and who wore it well and all that good stuff. The fashion. The fashion. That's the or, word or, I'm looking for. Or more accurately, the, the the story I saw this morning, who didn't wear what well, uh, oh. or who didn't who didn't wear anything at all, because Miss so Miss Emma Stone managed to flash the entire paparazzi. Apparently, they were flesh colored panties, but the internet almost exploded and broke because they thought that she had flashed her lady parts, and the world ground to a halt and had to observe that no, no, indeed, they were flesh colored panties, which was still exciting but not as exciting. Heaven forbid she should flash her lady parts 
because no one's seen Lady Parts before. <laughs> the mystery of Lady Parts. So, oh man, hold but, on. Wait but for Brian it. and I have talked about this, though. There is some sort of inherent, I don't know if magic quality is the right thing, but there is there is something about a uh, female actress that holds off on bearing it all. And once they've done it, it they can't they can't do it again for the first time. Right. Wow. That that sounded dirty. That really did. <laughs> uh, to be more accurate, I think once an actress has done a nude scene, like let's say you know back during the uh, the unpleasantness when all the leaks were happening of the poor actresses who'd been hacked on the phone, mm-hmm. when Kirsten Dunst's nudes got leaked, everybody was like, oh well, whatever. She's been naked in a movie, and it was almost like no one cared. Which is just, I think it comes down to people are like, oh man, this actress, I've not seen her lady bits before, so I'm excited now. And it's like, they're lady bits. They're the same lady bits, but they're on Emma Stone, so no one cares. And you didn't even see her lady bits because they were actually panties. So, sorry, all uh, 7th and 8th grade boys of the universe. You didn't get to see Gwen Stacy's hoo-ha. Sorry. Damn it. So, that... So on another note of, of actual fashion, I thought J Lo's dress was again freaking fantastic. So, I, <laughs> but she she went she went big. <laughs> yeah, I, oh yeah. I dig big though, particularly on small girls. I'm like, you just look like you're being swallowed in a giant sea of taffeta or something. I'm terrible with. I like sure. how she she's. She, I mean, we spoke about this with the Golden Globes. She. She knows her her best physical assets. Mm-hmm. She doesn't hesitate on ever highlighting them. Yes, this is true. That was um, that was my thought when I when I saw her. I was like, "Damn, this has been a good awards season for J Lo's cleavage." Well, and I I think it I think it comes down. Isn't that really what fashion is about? You want your clothes to accentuate the best parts of you and play those up and to downplay your weaknesses. No. And she knows how to do that. You want people to talk about it afterwards. No, exactly. I, I go the other way. I when I go when I pick clothes out, my I want to cover as much of me as possible. That's how <laughs> I look my best. Well, that, that's because your strengths are not you naked. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Just to be clear with everyone, I don't know what that looks like. Liar. We're naked right now. <laughs> I don't. I don't have Seth's nudie page bookmarked at all. <laughs> not in any way. It's right next to Bigfoot sightings. Um, That's right, it is. Yeah. But uh, no, I thought J-Lo <laughs> looked great. Um, Emma Stone's dress, when it was fully covering all of her, I thought was quite nice as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think there was anybody who was really taken aback by. Mm. I thought for sure that Lady Gaga was going to do something outrageous, but she actually totally classed it up and looked amazing. And was she was just... fantastic. Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, she was wonderful. Oh yeah, we missed that. Did you see the mass amount of memes that came out of those gloves that she wore? <laughs> yes, I did. Those were <laughs> those were amazing. I loved it. I thought they were amazing. But yeah, they were meme worthy gloves. It was amazing. Uh, but I, I we totally missed that. We were we were chatting a little bit about the Oscars. Uh, she sounds exactly like Julie Andrews. Holy cow! I did not realize that. But well, I read somewhere whoa. that she's she's been training for this for like six months. Holy cow! It showed she like, was for her. and everything, and it was beautiful. Like she nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, out the park, and uh, and looked fabulous while doing it. Uh, on fashion note, totally. Yeah, I I honestly was like, oh man, she's gonna come like 
and erupt out of a, a cow's womb or something on stage and blood <laughs> everywhere. No, she's just like, I'm here. I've got uh, like red gloves. We're as crazy as she got. So, uh, you know, still but the gloves. Good. The gloves were made of meat. So. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> meat tossing. Um, yeah, I think I felt like uh, overall everybody looked really well. I mean, I didn't. If I had to be picky, I would probably say that Nicole Kidman's looked like she was going to a prom. Mm, that's true. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but yeah, it was. It had prom dress a little bit. It was a little sequin prom ish. Yeah. Um. Who else? I didn't quite understand that it. It didn't read well in television. Let's put it that way. The uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's giant flower rose shoulder thing. Hmm. I don't think I saw that. Full white, and she had it was a. Uh, it was off to the side, so she had her left. She basically had a left sleeve and her left shoulder covered. And her right oh. arm was exposed, but she had the big flower on the side. It was all white or pink, light pink, possibly. I don't know. Memorable, I guess. Didn't read well on TV, um, yeah. but in the pick, it reads well. But it was very odd looking. I was uh, I was surprised to see. Um, uh, I always wait for Jared Leto to just go way the hell out there as far as guys go. He's definitely the most daring. I thought he looked good. But I always wait for him to wear like some absolutely outrageous thing, and he kind of flirts with the edge, but he never goes over it. So uh, he always stays just on the side of classy. Yeah, he looked he looked good, but if anybody in like with men with men's fashion and suits, it's almost impossible to pick like a bad dressed person. I'll give I'll give Jared Leto the most daring, but it certainly wouldn't say it was bad at all. Uh, and as a general rule, Benedict Cumberbatch just makes everything he's in look good, including tuxedos so true i mean the white tuxedo jacket was was sort of popular this year with the men that's true i can't remember who wore it but somebody wore a it almost looked kind of like a crushed velvet and it but it was a blue blue yes oh that was yeah that looked good i saw that as like yeah that's a a really really nice color that was like '60s throwback. I was like, man, what are, is Jimmy Stewart going to win for something? It looks he looked very he looked '60s classy. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Stewart yeah. was up for it, and he's had a great career. But they did decide to give it to Eddie Redmayne. To Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eddie Redmayne. Um, you mentioned the future Joker, Mister uh, Mister Mr. Lido, and I, I just wanted to touch on this because uh, uh, Margot is it Robbie Roby Robbie. Robbie, yes, Margot Robbie, Robbie. Margot Robbie, who is going to be Harley Quinn, right? So is the first part? screen incarnation of Miss Harley Quinn, yes. I couldn't help but notice when she was out there that just I I don't know if I am sure it wasn't intentional, but in my head, her her lipstick was so red and it almost looked like it was it, her mouth was bigger than usual, and it was something about that deep deep red on her. Uh, complexion that I was sitting there going, damn, she looks like Harley Quinn right now. I think that's why they picked her is that she, I literally could not have picked like visual wise, somebody more perfect to play Harley Quinn. So I think I'm excited about the movie. I think it's gonna be good. So yeah. So, um, I, I, did you know, originally their choice for the Joker was not Jared Leto. They wanted Ryan Gosling, but could not get uh, him. Yep. Oh, wow. Thank God. Cause, cause Leto's got yeah. just, just the eyes alone. sell crazy bastard yeah speaking though of the red lipstick did anybody else notice 
and I'm I know it wasn't intentional, although I, I like to I like to think that people are petty and vindictive enough that it was when Patricia Arquette won supporting actress and she was coming down, Emma Stone gave her a kiss on the cheek and left a big old <laughs> lipstick mark. Yeah, I know that. Part of me was just like, oh, I I, not I, w- I wish she did that on purpose. I wish Emma was like, oh, you going to fucking beat me? Here. Yeah, go give you speech now, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Could have been. Uh, I doubt it, though. I, but but you never know. That Emma Stone, she's heartless. She, she was wild uh, the other night. She was flashing her hoo-ha, kind of, and, and right. sabotaging other her. speeches. I'm surprised she wasn't assaulted by John Travolta. Right time. <laughs> By the way, speaking of memes, that is going around the internet like crazy right now. Just John Travolta touching things. Like, it's just <laughs> everywhere. And apparently uh, Joe Biden has a similar picture. And I've, I've, I've seen some pictures of John Travolta and Joe Biden touching people that I will never unsee. And so... Uh, I, I did see some of those pictures as well. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's that was way more disturbing than I thought it would be. But there it is. Uh, yeah. Anyway. On the topic of John Travolta in fashion, um, the he, he was wearing some sort of weird necklace situation. Yeah, it was very weird. I didn't quite understand what that was. Yeah, everything about him last night was just a little odd, including that necklace. I noticed that, and I was like, "What are you doing, buddy? Like, what?" Yeah, agreed. I still couldn't get over the fact that he looked like a, a giant action figure. That's just that threw me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was the wig, or I don't know if it's plastic surgery, or a mixture of all. But somebody made the comment, he's kept Botox in one pocket and cocaine in the other one. And I said, yeah, and he injected the wrong one. (laughs) Ouch. It's Um, just uh, Scientology, that's what's done it to him. That's my guess. Hey, man, you gotta be careful. They're gonna come attack us and sue us and whatnot. Probably will. (laughs) You don't want to mess with them. They're worse than the mafia. Worse than the gay mafia. <laughs> Who's already got a stranglehold on the Oscars. They do. <laughs> we are almost out of time for this special Oscar podcast. I did want to touch on this really quick. This is not about the Oscars. We we missed the Grammys. We didn't do anything for the Grammys. So while we've got you, John, real oh, fast, God. what are some, any, any thoughts? Uh, I mean, obviously the Kanye West thing, but were the, what, what, Give me a quick bullet point or two uh, what you thought of the Grammys. Oh, boy, you caught me off guard with this one. You <laughs> know, um, I have to remember what the heck happened at the Grammys. <laughs> and um, that's why we didn't do a show about it. <laughs> exactly. Um, it, was, it was sort of forgettable. Um, the Grammys. What happened to the Grammys? I mean, there was that awkward Kanye West moment where I think he was joking and the whole issue with, you know, with him and Beck and the giving the award to Beyonce and what he said about artistry afterwards and whatnot, which was kind of, well, more than kind of, it was insulting. Yes. I did, however, love the internet backlash, though, of all these people that are posting all sorts of, the, all the facts of how many instruments Beck plays and yeah. how he wrote and produced everything and how uh, and how Beyonce basically does dick except for sing and, it, and all the other creative artistry is handled by a team. Exactly, yeah. And he, he does it all. The performances were pretty good, I thought, by and large. Yeah. Like, it, it kind of was an unexceptional Grammys. I didn't watch it, but I caught some of the, uh, um, the the uh, you know, I did, like, some recaps and stuff. And I was like, oh, the performances were nice. Uh, I really enjoyed when they caught Paul McCartney dancing 
and he was and he just immediately sat down i was like wow that is like the most metal thing i've ever seen paul mccartney do ever just thought that was exciting (laughs) well that guy still owes a debt of gratitude to kanye west kanye west true so true so true but yeah as far as awards shows go the grammys is more and more becoming like even duller and duller every year like it's like worth tuning in for the show the performances and then you're like whatever i don't care Um, right yeah yeah uh i did notice that um eminem won for best rap album no one gave a crap i'm like really kanye uh eminem puts out probably one of the not the worst rap album he's ever made but certainly not the best and he beats like all these other people that totally and but but beck's the one you want to complain about sure that to me that was just like i'm like really you want to get mad kanye get mad that an eminem won for they every year every year eminem puts out an album doesn't matter if it's good or not they always give it to him and I, so i'm like you want to get mad get mad about that i i've i've said this before i think kim k needs to uh she needs to worry a little bit because kanye seems to really care what happens with beyonce a little too much it's true he seems a little controlling mm. yeah it's like it's like Camelot, Ooh. King Arthur, also known as Jay Z and Guinevere, and Lancelot, aka Kanye. Right. I'm gonna write that story. I'm just gonna rewrite all of the Arthurian legends with Jay Z, uh, Beyonce, and Kanye, and Kim Kardashian can be like some sort of witch. <laughs> I feel like that needs to be a uh, a Sir Felton and Dame Elizabeth show right there. Probably an entire show right there. Before before we wrap up, going back to the Oscars, I I did want to just let our listeners know we talked about this months ago, but Brian and I also your brother Jordy, uh, we work on another show, Sir Felton Radcliffe and Dame Elizabeth Abernathy's Provincial Theater Troupe. It's through the same company that does this, Dryer Productions, runs them both, and uh, our our Oscar spectacular actually just went live. Uh, this past week so if you haven't already checked that out go to iTunes Podcast Republic Podcast Addict search Dry Run Productions three words and it was surprisingly accurate I think as to how uh, how the Oscars were this year if you want to hear me kill Eddie Redmayne live and uh, also hear my fantastic Peter Jigson accent that would be the place to do it <laughs> <laughs> and like this show that is completely free. Subscribe. You'll catch all the new ones. We try to churn them out monthly. Uh, this one was, we wanted to hold off until the Oscars, so it was a little more than a month, but there's some good stuff there. And, of course, I do want to thank all of you who subscribe to this show and listen to us regularly. We appreciate it. And thank you again for those of you who have reached out to us via Twitter or Facebook or email. We really do appreciate hearing from you guys. Keep it up. John, thank you for joining us. We'll have to, of course, have you back on the next award show that we deem worthy. You know, not the Tony's, 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 Tony's. That, Tony's, that Tony's, is the next Tony's, one, right? Tony's, Tony's. <laughs> I believe so. Thank you for having <laughs> We appreciate your insight, and you're always really fun to talk to. Uh, for our listeners out there that, that didn't get it last time you were with us, you can follow John on Twitter, and that's at J Nellick, J N E H L I C H. He's as charming and funny there as he is here. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you again for listening. This has been Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors. I'm Seth. I'm Brian. And we'll catch you next time. And I put the red...
in Eddie Redman. This has been a Dry Run production.